Algar Productions. Welcome to the Post-Atomic Bojack Horseman Podcast, with your hosts, Ron Algarwatt and Matt Robotham. Covering Season 3 Episode 4, Fish Out of Water, and Season 4 Episode 6, Stupid Piece of Shit. Hi friends, we're back and we're doing something we like this time. What's up guys and welcome to, I've heard of a podcast, but this is ridiculous. The only Horsin' Around podcast that watches every episode of Horsin' Around. <laughs> Wait, is that what this is called? Cause sure. Because I already did the cover art and it's the post-it. This is your clunky name that I've been running with all year, by the way. Oh shit, I fucked us. <laughs> the post-atomic Bojack Horseman is what I called us because... Uh-huh. That, that's what you think we should be called. Yeah, it's a great name. It's a great name. Uh, sure. It's a great name, Al. All right. I mean, if you say it three times, it's definitely true. It's true. That's a, uh, you're never not doing it. That, mon- that monkey's pod just closed, so. Now, is that monkey a walking, talking person? Yes. Or have we yet entered the world of BoJack Horseman? Has there been a monkey on that show now? There's that I definitely think about been it? a monkey. There had to have been a monkey, right? Like they've gotten some real obscure animals. So the whole the way their whole world works is mm-hmm. fascinating because there are no animals. No, that's one of the cool things is like it's just people. Like at one point they weren't sure if people ate meat because that would create a whole thing and then as a as a goof or you know as a background joke, mm. they had someone eating a steak, and they're like, "Well, I guess we got to commit to this." So then they yep. did a whole episode about how eat, people eat chickens and how that works. Yeah, no, that's I love, a, and we'll get into this in a, in a minute. But like, one of the things I I love is just the subtle world building the show has done over like the and it's, oh, since the show started, and since it started with like the simple, ah, it's uh you know Hollywood, but uh, there's animal people. Yeah, but. <sighs> It's it's like it's half actual world building and half comedy. Like somehow they managed to make both of those things work. Like so much of it is built on sight gags and puns, mm-hmm. but then it all also fits into the to the actual logic of how it works. Which yeah. is those things should not happen together. No, it doesn't make sense. Also, a show with stupid animal puns like this should not also be the most compelling existential like meditation on mental health uh yeah it's bizarre i mean we talked about this when we covered the sopranos but you know i love shows that get bleak and talk about the hopelessness of of existence and this show to me is the like the spiritual successor of the sopranos well this is you and i this is one of the ways we deal with depression is watching shows that are incredibly depressing Yes, and this is something that's come up a lot. Uh, uh, your wife has brought this up. A number mm-hmm. of other people we know have brought this up, that this show is hard for them to watch. Yeah, I get it. And, it can be a very hard-to-watch show. And for, like, there's a... It's something to do with empathy. It's something to do with you don't want to watch someone else going through something bad. It's the same when you watch, like, cringe comedy. Yeah. But I, I don't think I'm an unempathetic person, I, but it does make me feel better. Mm-hmm to watch fictional characters go through miserable things. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't. And the thing is, I hate cringe comedy. Like, I can't watch, like, the British office. It's just makes me feel awful. But stuff like this is, like, is so good for me. Yeah, it's cathartic. Yeah. It's, it's, it, for me, I think it's like seeing 
that someone else is going through this mm-hmm. and that they can turn it into entertainment and that they can turn it into comedy. Yeah. It's like, you know what? This, yeah, they didn't let this beat them. They made some great art out of this. Maybe I could do something like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a bit like that, but I don't know. But like, there's times when my mood dips and Amanda will come home and see me watching Bojack. She's like, uh-oh, you're depressed. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, but, but this is making it better. Yeah. This isn't this isn't wallowing. This is the like the recovery process. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's an amazing show. It uh-huh. is absolutely my favorite show on television right now. Yeah. Hands down, no qualifying. Not like my favorite comedy, my favorite cartoon. No, it's just my favorite show. Now, for me, it's a tie between this and The Good Place, but... Uh, yep. Which uh, I watched place. the most recent episode of and is almost the reverse of, of BoJack. Actually, I thought about this a bit. Their mission statements are very similar. Mm. They just go about them in very different ways. Mm-hmm. But it's all about what it is to be a good person and changing to be a good person. Yeah. But, uh, you know... The approach is obviously very, very different. Mm-hmm. Also, I'll say The Good Place, they haven't lost me this current season, but it's definitely not quite as good this season, I think, as it has been the previous three. Okay. But I also think they're building to some big finale that's going to be great again. Yeah. But it feels like they're kind of running in place for the first part of the season. So. I don't know. That that last GD episode. Oh, no. That one I liked. Punch that one right I liked. in the face. But, but all the new characters I'm not invested in. I don't care sure. what happens to them. No, I can see know? that. And it's just like, okay, but what about our guys? Mm-hmm. And they even did an episode that hung a lantern on the fact that they don't know what to do with Tahani right now, for instance. Yeah, I've been noticing a lot of that lately. Makes me sad. And yeah, but I, that that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here no. to talk about this. So uh, why don't you start with, I, I didn't realize that I made a difficult choice for you. I just picked what I thought was the best episode. Oh, yeah. So. No, look, you did. This is easily one of the best episodes of the entire series. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly so inventive. Silent and, for 20 minutes. Yeah, I, when you said, uh, how do I pick a quote for this? I was like, ah, shit. <laughs> Sorry, wasn't trying to stump you there. Just uh, was just thinking, which one do I really love? <laughs> also, in retrospect, I kind of wish I'd picked Time's Arrow, but... Uh, oh, fuck, yeah, thanks a lot for that. That would have, um, that would have, like, uh, uh, dovetailed nicely with yours. It's fine, we hit some of, uh, we hit some of that stuff in uh, the next one anyway. Very well. Well, why don't you first tell us what happens in Fish Out of Water, which is uh, from season three, by the way. The one that I picked is from season four. So this one comes like a a bit sequentially before mine. Mm. All right. So we open on Bojack Horseman, you know, the horse from Horsin' Around. Back in the 90s, he was in a very famous TV show heading down to the ocean to present his new movie Secretariat at a big film festival. Unfortunately, the ocean is kind of a weird place. If, for example, you are an 800 pound horseman who breathes air and talks. Bojack arrives at his hotel to discover that he can't drink because it's the ocean, eat because it's the ocean, talk because nobody can hear him through his scuba helmet because it's the ocean, or smoke because the ocean is the enemy of fire. <laughs> so he mostly wanders around awkwardly, hoping nobody will laugh at him, and then some people laugh at him. He almost, ru- he almost runs into his secretary and director, Kelsey, whom he got fired and then regretted it because the life of Bojack Horseman is a long series of stupid mistakes and regrets, which is why I like the show so much. While chasing Kelsey out of the building, Bojack ends up on a bus surrounded by a school of minnow businessmen who won't let him leave, and then helps a male horse, seahorse give birth. Yes, a book entitled What to Expect When You're a Male he- Seahorse Expecting, which is a thing, tells us, that is a thing. After the male seahorse and his new kids leave, Bojack discovers that one has been missed. Then Bojack spends the rest of the episode trying to unite the kid with his father. This involves a grocery store robbery, bioluminescent shenanigans, and the second most disastrous trip to a campity factory that I've ever seen. 
Eventually, Bojack reunites the kid with his family, who instantly slips back in with his five brothers and sisters, denying Bojack even the chance to say goodbye. Bojack arrives at the premiere too late, but makes it to the after party to find that Secretariat is a hit and everybody loves him, which is exactly what he wants, until he doesn't. Seeing Kelsey leave, Bojack races after her with a note that he hopes will explain and apologize for his actions, but when he gives it to her, the ink is run and he drives away, leaving him alone with his guilt, which is basically the entire show. It sure is. <laughs> this this was also an interesting choice. I didn't do this on purpose either, but it helps because uh, this is a very serialized show with a pretty uh, involved ensemble, but mm-hmm. this episode pretty much focuses entirely on just the main character. Yeah, exactly. Whereas the next one, I found I found it a little trickier to uh, uh, summarize because there are a lot of things going on that without the like it's right in the middle of a season. Well, where yeah, everything's you're diving going right on with in every character. Everybody's yeah. doing something because like by this point in the show, a lot of the characters don't sort of interact so much as they go off on their own thing. Right, and actually, in uh, season four, Bojack deliberately sort of removes himself from everyone for a yeah. while. So. That's, you know, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to mine. But yeah. for this one, you're following the main character the whole time. So yeah. so that helps. And and yeah, like you say, there's almost no talking in it. This episode is so beautiful. Like it is just to start the, the, the synth music that plays throughout the entire the entire ocean is such a wonderful, weird world for this show to sort of bring in. Well, we're in the middle of season three at this point. Mm-hmm. Is it three? Yeah, season three. It's season three, yeah. And we've explored this world of, you know, animals and the way birds work and the way, you know, like 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 I was saying, the way uh, food animals work. But we don't really, like, there's a whole subsection of animals we haven't talked about yet. And yeah. so the show, like, uh, I, I almost said dives into that. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't going for that at all. I was I very carefully stepping around that when I was talking earlier. <laughs> But it's presented like you're getting on an air- airplane flight, only instead they pressurize the cabin so that they can take you underwater. Yeah. And then, you know, everything's different down there. There's there's a different written language. There's a different way of consuming food. There's mm-hmm. Like, everything is completely different. And it's world building, but like you say, it's subtle world building where we watch Bojack not understand how anything works and just sort of stumble his way through it. And it's very cool. It's a great way to sort of address what it's like to be in a foreign country without being an asshole about whatever foreign country you're in. Well, I feel like there's a big lost in translation vibe here. I could see that. I haven't seen lost in translation, but I I saw it 15 years ago and I didn't care for it. it. It was a good movie, but it was basically Bill Murray goes to Japan, feels sad. You watch him feel sad for two hours. So it's like this, only it's a half it's hour a, long. Yeah, it's instead. a it's a it's a mood movie. It's uh-huh. it's not a plot movie, and I went in expecting a plot, and I was sorely disappointed. But Listen, yeah. if I want to see Bill Murray walk around and be sad, I'll go to Bill Murray's house. <laughs> he won't be there. He'll be just like randomly popping up at someone's party. No one will ever believe that I wasn't here. I think a lot of people <laughs> believe that Bill. He's gone yeah, at at this point. Yes. But uh, no, I, I think they definitely drew on that a bit. I mean, there's definitely a Japan vibe to some of this stuff. Well, the whole Mr. Peanut Butter commercial thing is definitely a riff on that. Oh, my God. So that's my favorite thing, maybe from this show, maybe from life, <laughs> is Mr. Peanut Butter, who is uh, Bojack's friend? I, it's close as Bojack gets for the most part. Sure. Also, Peanut Butter is one word. Yes. No, I, I was very careful to write that down. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, yeah, like you say, like when, a, when an American celebrity does a commercial in Japan, uh, 
uh, does a commercial for seahorse milk. Yep. And the commercial itself is fantastic. We watched the whole thing in, in Bojack's uh, hotel room. Yep. But uh, later we see a, a cardboard stand-up at, at the store mm-hmm. where it says, uh, seahorse milk. Ta- uh, it's the best thing for your kid. Take it from me, a childless dog. <laughs> so That's the good. funniest fucking thing I have seen in my entire life. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh, I kind of want to own that standee. Yeah, me too. Just have, it in, just have it in your office. Also, the fact that Paul F. Tompkins does Mr. Peanut Butter's voice, and he never says that line out loud, but reading it, you can hear it in his voice. Mm-hmm. Take it from me. A, a childless, childless dog. dog. <laughs> it just, you, could, you could totally hear him saying that. Peanut Butter is one word. Yes, exactly. Um, But what I love, and, and this kind of ties into what you were saying, and... and kind of do your good thing is just mm. how all the like the jokes the the world all of that stuff mm-hmm. like just it feels it's an interesting world but it also feels very classic comedy to me very classic yeah. cartoon like the the whole chasing a baby through a dangerous setting bit in particular mm-hmm. is very like uh like the old Popeye cartoons where he chases sweet pea through like a construction site or something. oh yeah and it's great because this show is so, in a lot of ways, you know, now it's so, mm-hmm. like, built on what The Simpsons started, like, satirical, a lot of background jokes. Like, it feels very modern. And y- you wouldn't think a throwback to, like, the 30s would work on this show, but it absolutely does. Well, that, that, that's one of the th- again, that's one of the things I love about this show is it's not afraid to be a cartoon, you know? Right. You get a lot of stuff that's afraid to be its own source material, but like, well, not necessarily. Sh- I mean, you get that too, yes. But there's there's cartoons like King of the Hill or Bob's Burgers where it's animated, but it still has to be real. That's just the world of the show. Sure. This show, like, I wouldn't say those shows are afraid necessarily. Oh, I would They're- never say that about the about those shows. That's yes. just not what those shows are. No, but like, there is an easy there's an easy temptation in a show like BoJack to embrace the like the depressing parts that they get to you know yeah and but the show does such a good job of that's a part of the show but also we're not afraid to get really really silly and the weird thing is sometimes i forget about that Mm -hmm. sometimes when someone like i'll have a whole conversation about the show and i'll just talk about all the psychological stuff and people will say yeah but the animal puns yeah and like and i'll stop and what animal what are you talking what animals are there animals in this show? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Of course. Well, like, that's the, you know, you can take, like, the super depressing episodes, like the, the Sarah Lynn dying one uh-huh. or the uh, Time's Arrow. The, uh-huh. the, the, the one where Bojack is doing his mother's eulogy, and that's the entire episode. Yes. And it's hilarious. It's so good. And it's just 20 minutes of Will Arnett just monologuing. Yeah. And they didn't animate, like, it's from the same POV. The animation is just facial expressions. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. The show is a fucking masterpiece. It is. And, uh, yeah, it, it is. But again, I forget about the goofy comedy sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, I, this is one of those shows I gotta watch and then watch immediately again. Yep. So I can see all the stuff that I missed. And that's a thing I love, too. I love, like, a, a, a richly drawn, you know, like a, like a you know... I, I like something that has a lot of stuff. Yeah. That's and this just, show is that, packed. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was your bad thing then? <laughs> Gosh, 
how to find uh-huh. a bad thing in what is probably the best episode of my second favorite show that's currently airing. Well, lack of dialogue made it pretty difficult to find a quote, but that's not my that's my problem, not the show's. Mm-hmm. Um, I went with the shark attacking a guy with a baby uh, with a baby with a baseball bat and a crowbar because it felt like overkill. I guess. Uh, I thought that was funny. <laughs> But yeah, I I also for my bad thing I also picked just a background joke that felt fell a little flat for me, because all the background jokes are usually so good. Mm-hmm. And there's a back like when they're doing all the promo stuff for movies, there there's a background poster advertising "Do the right thing too, do the thing more right," <laughs> which is funny, but it's a slightly but it could be weaker. Funnier. Yeah, it's slightly weaker than their usual background joke, mm. and that's all I got. That that's nothing. That is that is still funny. So I got nothing. Yeah. It's it's a very good show. But, like, where do you go, man? Like, I would be hard-pressed to find a bad thing in most regular episodes. You gave me one of the best episodes of the show. There's a there's a few. There's one there's one episode that's sort of my... Well, it's not as bad as the Uncle Jack episode of Arrested Development. Ooh. And also, also, that last season of Arrested Development has not thrown that curve off. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, if you are a big fan of that show, do not watch the final season. The Ugh. last episode is the most depressing thing ever. Oh, God. I, no, I bet, like... I don't yeah. usually like Netflix splitting the season up, but yeah. uh, with the rest of the development, that was uh, that was actually a godsend because it meant I didn't have to watch the second half. Yeah, that last episode, like it happened this year. I still I haven't found many reviews of it, which is not a good sign. Like I don't think anybody really watched it. I tried and... to find a review of the last episode on the AV Club just to sort of yeah. figure out. No, they like... didn't watch it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like I wanted to. Like I don't want to watch it, but I want to know what happened to these characters. I put so much time into. Oh, I could tell you, but it's it would make me angry and sad. Yeah. Thankfully, this is now like Will Arnett's, you know, like crowning achievement. Yeah, exactly. Which is good. Um. Where was I going with that? I don't know. This show's very good. It's very good. I forget. Oh, there there is an episode that I don't particularly love. Which oh, is that's the, it. Okay. Uh, the sinkhole episode. The one the one where they're fracking and they're trapped underground. I uh, thought that one yeah, went a little you, over yeah. the top. Like, we talk about how real the show can get and how it's not afraid to go cartoony, but I thought that one went a little too cartoony. Yeah, I could that, see that. You know. But even that one, I would say, is like a B minus. Mm-hmm. It's still, you know. Not bad. Um, One of the things I liked... Well, so first there's this wonderful feeling of isolation the whole time. There's this mm-hmm. feeling of when you're in a strange place and you don't know the customs and you don't know anything. Like, you're already sort of feeling isolated. And then he makes this connection with this this child. Mm-hmm. And he thinks, oh, maybe maybe I'm not a terrible person. This child, like, turned to me for, you know... like, And, and this is all nonverbal, but it's yeah. pretty easy to pick up on. Like maybe maybe I'm not so bad, and and then he hands the child back, and instantly he can't tell yeah like any of them apart, and like the guy just sort of wearily sighs and changes his banner from "Congrats on your five kids" to "Congrats to you on your six kids." He doesn't yep. care. Yeah, and it's just it's it's so good. Yeah, just like that says everything right right there is just him sadly standing at the doorway trying to figure out which of these kids he spent the day with. But also, he's trying to figure out so much more. Uh huh. He's trying to fi- just like, like I say, he he made a connection. He mm-hmm. he cared for someone. He did something selfless, and it didn't matter. Yeah. And a, that's a lot of what they're exploring in this final season. Talking about splitting seasons up, we only mm-hmm. got sort of half of that so far. But the last season is very much about him trying to become a better person and doing it because it's the right thing to do, not. 
because he's going to get credit for it. Yeah. And then that last episode showing that that doesn't matter because your mistakes always come back to bite you in the ass. Well, that's that's what I'm saying is like, I think that's where they're going to take it in the second half. Oh, yeah, definitely. Is like that puts him to the test. Yeah. Because the the penultimate episode was him. He had a, a genuine moment with each character, with, mm-hmm. with each of the, the people in his life where he did something completely selfless. For no reason other than, like, he didn't get credit. He didn't stick around for them to thank him. Yeah. He just did a nice thing and then left. Mm -hmm. And then the show blew everything up, and I think the second half is going to be, well, is he going to give up because of that? Or is he still going to try and be a good person? And that's, you know, that you see that here to some extent, because Mm -hmm. he did a nice selfless thing, and he, he doesn't know what to do with it next. Yeah. Like, and I love how there's no answer to that. It's just... We just sort of hang with it for a minute. You just, you know, keep going. I guess. Yeah. What's What's the alternative? You yeah, know? exactly. Not Not to keep going. I mean, we definitely dwell on that in some episodes too. So. That is That is also true. Um, I really like the sound mix on this one. Mm-hmm. You talked about the music being it's gorgeous, like, very pretty, but also the way the like everybody sounds like that the whole time. Yeah, when they're speaking like underwater. Yes. yes and the reveal at the end that he had a button he could push so that he could be heard and Mm -hmm. he didn't know that and he's just like ah fuck and then they cut cut (laughs) the credits yeah it's very good it that is the perfect button for this episode too yes it is because it's like the whole time Mm -hmm. it wasn't it wasn't as difficult as you were making it you had the answer right there stupid yep yeah. But just like that, build the joke, build the joke, build the joke, payoff. Yep. No, they're so good at that. And Ugh. they're so good at that. I, I want to call it Simpsons style. I know they didn't invent it, but just mm. the 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 fast paced animation with with all the deep stuff in the background. Yep. But they're they've they've taken that formula and they've built on it so that they're also doing something like emotionally complex. And I don't know that I've seen anything pull that off. You know no. what I mean? This is the first time I've really seen, like, the show we're covering next week does some of that. Sure. But that's not mainly what the show is about. Yeah. This is, you know, this is mainly what the show is. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, I don't know if you have noticed, but there's a, uh, I'm looking through my notes here. There's one of the background guys. They only have about 20 background characters. They, they like every animated show, I think they struggle because, you know, you got to draw new guys. Sure. And you keep seeing the same people in crowds just because it's easier to recycle the, the models. Yeah, you see like three bird people or whatever. Yeah, exactly. There's one guy that looks exactly like Nate. <laughs> what? Have you not spotted the Nate guy? No, that's a, no. I have never heard of this. It's like Nate with blue hair. No, but it is absolutely Nate. He's at the beginning in the uh, not airplane, whatever they call the thing that goes underwater. The submarine. Submarine. I, I I thought there'd be a different name for it, but I guess submarine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's around all the time. There's also a guy that looks a lot like Flonk. That's weird. Have you not spotted our friends in BoJack Horseman? <laughs> no. I, why would I be looking for them there? I don't know. You're always the one spotting like weird things in the background. Yeah, I'm reading background posters. Ah, like do I'm the learning, right thing too. I'm learning about Lowe's, but the animal version. <laughs> See, that joke only works if you hear the 20 other puns. Yeah. No, you got to launch you... that. You drop that one in season three. Right, exactly. Well, they dropped that one at the end of season one, after you saw, like, every store was named some mm-hmm. ridiculous, stupid thing, and then, uh, Lowe's, but an animal version. Whatever. I love that joke, man. We're, we're so tired. <laughs> yep. 
what else? What else? I don't have a whole lot of notes here because one, the show is very short, and yes. two, I was enjoying watching it. Yes, that's true. I mean, I still try to take notes even if I do enjoy it. Because mm. you know, we got to talk about things. Yeah. But I, I think we've I think we've covered mainly the main things, and there's a lot more to talk about, and there are more characters in the next one, so I think we should probably press on. I haven't touched on my good thing. I just realized. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought we had. Uh, no, it's just like we were talking about. Yeah. Like, you don't really notice until the dialogue's gone and you're forced to pay attention to what's happening, but God, the face acting is so good. Ah, yes. Like, a lot of the jokes in this are just punctuated by a close-up of Bojack's face, and they hit every time. There mm -hmm. is a shot in this that made me crack up so hard when Bojack realizes he can't smoke because physics are happening. Like, right. He just sort of pulls out his cigarette and looks at it and like... <sighs> Well, plus that's the as as you point out in your summary, that's the escalation of like, I can't get a drink in this helmet. Well, mm -hmm. Let me try to eat. I can't get food. Like he still hasn't figured it out. He's still making the same stupid mistake again. And then he's like, okay, I'll light up a cigarette because I still haven't learned because mm -hmm. I'm an idiot. Well, and just it's such a like t we do that every day just to like <laughs> I have to I have to put on my glasses to find my glasses. Right. Yeah, where's my phone? Let me turn on my phone's flashlight. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just dumb shit like that. I love it. Yeah, no, it's great. What I think my favorite one is the um uh the driver that waits for him outside the airport or the mm -hmm. subport. Um is like a walrus dude and he's holding up the sign this is Bojack Horseman and at the bottom it says horse in a sport coat, chubby. <laughs> and, uh Bojack looks down at the sign and kind of scowls. And then the walrus looks up at him, points at him, mimes having a big belly, and ho, 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 ho. Like, <laughs> look at you, you're fat. And the fact that he's a walrus, like a mm -hmm. famously blubbery animal, <laughs> making a little mime of a, of a guy being too fat is just, <laughs> is very funny. <laughs> All right. Anything else? I think that's it. All right. Well, then let's press on to Oh, stupid... do you want to do the quote now or? Oh, yes, your quote, of course. Yeah. I, I forget. We haven't done a two-episode show in so long. I forget how they work. Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, okay. So I see your note here, and I'm not going to play the entire first three minutes of the episode. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, I have a backup, and it's this. Well, luckily, you won't have to talk much because you'll both be underwater. God, underwater. I haven't been underwater since my mother tried to drown me in the bathtub when I was 22. I can't do this, Anna. I'm sorry. That is very good. I just and picked a gag. And it and it sets up his horrible mother, which we will not, mm -hmm. which we will talk about further. In stupid piece of shit, our story opens in the most terrifying location imaginable: the inside of a horse's mind. Because as anyone who's watched this show beyond the first few episodes, I'm looking at you, dismissive AV Club reviewer who didn't stick out the first season to see all the dark places the show could take us to. Sorry, apparently, it still bugs me that some people still think they have a very clear idea of what the show is when they absolutely have no idea. As I was saying. Anyone who's actually familiar with the show should realize that Bojack absolutely despises himself, and now we get to hear and see the internal monologue that follows him around every second of every day. And for a scribbly cartoon within an entirely different cartoon about talking animal people, it's disturbingly real. Also, far too real Bojack's relationship with his horrible mother. I mean, yeah, she's clearly spiraling into the later stages of dementia and is also deserving of our sympathy for a variety of other reasons, but also she's the actual worst. I may have a thing about horrible mothers in fiction, it turns out. Who can say why? This is all to say that Bojack is entirely justified in tossing the baby doll out that his horrible mother thinks is an actual baby over the edge of his deck. 
while his newly discovered daughter Hollyhock and his horrible mother's nurse watch on in horror. So he goes off to retrieve the thing, eventually roping in Mr. Peanut Butter, which is one word, and visiting his neighbor, celebrity jailbird Felicity Huffman. Meanwhile, Todd, who is played by the guy who played Jesse on Breaking Bad, not to be confused with the guy from Breaking Bad who played Todd, his name is Jesse, uh, Todd decides he doesn't want to marry Courtney Portnoy, which is a whole thing for him and also for Princess Carolyn. And look, this is episode six of an extremely serialized 12-episode story, so none of the rest of this is going to make any sense. The key part is Bojack is being horrible, beating himself up for being horrible, being more horrible because he's beating himself up, and then beating himself up some more for uh, wasting so much time beating himself up. Hey, says Hollyhock in the final moments of the episode, you don't get this awful self-hating internal monologue all the time, right? Like, that's just a me thing and I'm absolutely going to grow out of it. Yes, says Bojack uh, in an in yet another soul-crushingly real moment of emotional honesty. God, this fucking show. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So good. Yeah. So why'd you pick this one? Well, golly. um, <laughs> This show is the most accurate representation of depression I have ever seen in my entire life. Mm -hmm. Like I've seen plenty of other shows that deal with depression, but this is the one that perfectly captures that shitty nagging voice that drones on and on about how you're the worst person and you should just save everyone some time and stick a gun in your mouth. You worthless, fat, stupid piece of shit. Mm -hmm. the, the scene at the end where Hollyhock asks Bojack if this is the thing that you grow out of is so completely heartbreaking as a person at 36 who has been depressed almost all of that. Mm -hmm. It's just, it was so refreshing just seeing this and just, you know, man, like, you, I don't get that kind of representation too often. And when I do, it's kind of beautiful. No, and this is, we talked about this when we talked about The Sopranos. That might be the first time I saw depression represented in any even remotely realistic mm -hmm. fashion on TV. Well, and realistically, dealing with mental illness is, still feels like a really new thing on TV. They're getting a little better. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend uh, made a couple of missteps, but for the most part, they did a lot of really good stuff. Mm. And they talked about a lot of aspects of it. They had four seasons to talk about like a lot of different aspects of it. And there, there have been a few others here and there, but weirdly, this cartoon animal show yeah. seems to be hitting and not just depression, because I don't actually suffer from actual clinical depression. Like I have symptoms that that present that way. Mm -hmm. But what I what I deal with is something a little different. And I I know this voice. Oh, I yeah. have this voice. That's what I'm saying. It's 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 anxiety. It's depression. It's it's shades of of other things. It's it's a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And. They also deal with, like, uh, this episode deals a little bit with uh, Todd uh, coming to terms with being asexual. Yeah. Talking about representation, there's, I think there's two shows right now that deal with openly asexual characters, and the other one is Endeavor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Check it out, ussendeavor.com. Pretty good. <laughs> yes, I just put ourselves up, uh, up on the same level as, like, my favorite show on television. Mm -hmm. No, they... Also, we did... <laughs> We did an episode like this. Yeah. You you wrote an episode with our uh, character who suffers from depression. and Sure you know, fucking didn't did. Go in, didn't go inside her head, but, you know, still basically mm -hmm. like this vibe. Because, yeah, it's good to see. It's good to, to show people, look, you're not alone. Yeah. This this happens. You're not the only person, you know, like Hollyhock at the end. I, it's not just me, right? Well. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yes and no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll always also, have that... your specific type of depression, so that's fun. 
Yeah. Um, and I, that actually kind of ties into my good thing. Mm-hmm. Aparna Nancherla as Hollyhock was an amazing addition to this cast. She is so good. Oh my god, she's amazing. I I I love I love that voice. So, yes. Like the character in itself is a wonderful addition to the show. Just as this person that like Bojack had no idea was a part like a part of his life and just suddenly shows up out of nowhere. Well, what I love is okay. I mean, we talk about this every time we talk about a show. We're gonna just spoil everything. Mm. That's just how this. That's how we roll here. But if you haven't watched the rest of this season for some reason, but you're listening to this, yeah, I guess stop now. Watch the anyway. Sh- watch the show for God's sakes. Just, if you don't, like, I, some people don't. That's fine. But if you're worried about being spoiled, like mm-hmm. jump off now, because she ends up not being his daughter. It's yeah. like she's for, his uh, half sister. Yeah, uh, but like a young woman shows up who's like you know what seventeen, eighteen years old, something like yeah. that. And he's like, well, yeah, you probably are my kid because I got I, around in the 90s. Yeah. And I mean, there's a whole episode where they're tracking down her potential mother and mm-hmm. there's like 20 candidates. Yeah. Just from from that specific month in 1999 or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but uh, it doesn't matter because they are still related. And the fact that she has that same horrible depression the fact that she's got this, like, she's got a wonderful support system in her life, but also she's clearly missing something and she wants mm-hmm. whatever she feels like she's missing. Just like Bojack, she's never really going to fill that hole. And there's that outward happiness, but internal sadness that's all just sold beautifully in the yeah. performance that is so good. Well, and watching her be disappointed by him yeah, is all is just like is so good mm-hmm. just like because he goes at the very beginning of the episode he goes off to buy milk and spends the entire day drinking in a bar uh-huh and just comes home and she's like did you even get the milk yep and it's just like it's so it's so fucking good yep no just, and there's a lot going on here because we're also sort of intersecting with a lot of like this is really like it's hollyhock season and it's bojack's mom's season uh-huh. way more than just like any other character and the the season is sort of bookended by episodes um, about his mother. There's a flashback to the 40s that kind of shows her horrible childhood. Mm-hmm. And then near the end of the season, there's one where she's in the final throes of, of dementia. Yeah. And struggling with what reality even is. And we go, sort of go through her life. And that's the one I kind of wish I'd picked. Yeah. No, I mean, if you're also if you're if you're wondering if depression is the only thing we hit on. No, uh, we also touch on cycles of abuse and uh, dementia. So. Yeah, it's a real a it's a real rich uh, ride for everybody, but also how those things are sort of interconnected mm-hmm. because this goes back to at least Bojack's grandmother who was lobotomized because she couldn't handle the horrible emotions that came with losing a son in the war. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, so the depression goes back at least that. Oh, boy. This, yeah. This show. Yeah. Played by uh, Jane, is it Krakowski? Is that how you say her name? Uh, sure. From uh, from from Thirty, uh, 30 Rock. Rock. Yeah, 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 that's Jane Krakowski. Uh, I, see, you think like, oh, of course, she's just like you know, idiot Jenna. Who cares? But uh, no, it's it's heartbreaking. Yep, it is so just oh, uh-huh. like, she gets fucking lobotomized. It's yeah. brutal. And um, uh, Wendy Malick as as Bojack's mom is mm. amazing. I don't want to, you know, just because it touches some nerves. For horrible moms, and it absolutely does. I didn't just say that as a joke. It, sure. it totally like reminds me a bit of some things. Mm-hmm. Um, well, dementia is fun too. Well, that that's you know, 
I haven't fortunately had to deal with that. I know you have. I hope but, you do. Uh, I hope you never do, man. But just bad parenting mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, selfish. You know, I don't want to get into all that. Yeah, no, <laughs> we're we're not going to turn this into like uh, we we lay out all our psychological stuff. Like just uh, are you sure? Kind of we're off to a great start here. <laughs> yeah, this show's basically a Rorschach test. Like, uh-huh. well, what do you what do you see in this show? Uh huh. Uh-huh. The horrible mother. Hmm. What does that mean? Yeah, you know what that means. My yeah. mother's horrible. <laughs> but just the voice actor is so good, and they played her so sort of just mean and cold in the first few seasons, and then this year when she starts like slipping away, it's mm-hmm. like. Well, there's no way. There's no way this this just vicious like Lucille Bluth type character is gonna also be sympathetic, and they managed it. Well, they do, but also like there's scenes in this where like she comes out of her dementia and she's still kind of shitty. Like, well, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that's that's why I didn't feel bad when he threw the doll over. It's like, yeah, you know what? I'd want to do that too. I wouldn't, but I sure would want to. Well, and I, that's another depression thing where you just your brain builds up like this horrible idea that you think is going to be uh, uh, not relaxing. Like, uh, no, like a cathart- catharsis. Like yeah, a, that's like a release. Yeah. Know? And like it's is... oh, then it's over and it's nothing and you feel like a monster. <laughs> yep. I mean, usually I try to leave those things in my head, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's hard. It's hard to make that judgment call. I know. But yeah, she's she's. Uh, She's something. Yeah. But um, I wanted to talk about, like, the supporting cast because we actually get to see them in this episode. And it does, it is a little confusing to just drop into the middle of the season, like I said. But we definitely should talk about, because we've, we've, we haven't talked about, like, Princess Carolyn or Todd or, yeah. or Mr. Peanut Butter or Diane, like any of those people yet. And we definitely should because they're all amazing characters. Mm-hmm. Um, We'll start with uh, Princess Carolyn. Yeah. So she who, is... She used what? to be Bojack's agent. Yes. And also uh, off and on, like, sex partner. I don't want to mm-hmm. say girlfriend, but they, they fall into they, bed they together They used to mess lot. around. Yeah, constantly. Yeah. And, like, I think the very first episode is, what are we doing? We need to stop doing this. And mm-hmm. then they do it again. And that's yeah. just, that's the pattern that they're in. And watching her whole arc of, like, there's a lot of good, uh, it seems to me, I always have to preface it, like, as a as a dude, I think they're doing a good job with the feminist stuff. Like I I don't know, but I think they probably are. Well, this is this is the one where she's like starting her own like her own firm and like right. She's actually... broken away from being a, a talent agent at an agency and she's started her own. Yeah, and she's just trying. She's trying to make her life better after being sort of chained to Bojack for God right. knows how long. Well, not just Bojack, but also that. Yeah. But watching her struggle and try to have a career and then try to also have a kid, which is something that's come up in the recent season. It's been mm-hmm. off and on, but it's it, she finally committed to it this past season. Like, there's a lot of, you know, that thing you see in sitcoms that they just sort of dismiss. Like, can a woman have it all? Like, they're oh, co- really c- drilling into what that means. That that episode with her and her kid, and it's like, all like it's sort of the, the stress of being a working mother is sort of represented by like a million Princess Carolyns all doing stuff in the background. Yep. It's so good. Yeah, it is. The, and again, using animation to get your point across and to, mm-hmm. to be more creative and to be more inventive with it is very good. Yeah. Um, And this, this I, I couldn't think of a natural way to bring up my quote. I just wanted to say Amy Sedaris is amazing. And early on, I feel like they discovered she can handle any tongue twister they throw at her. Yep. And it becomes this thing. And... We're only about in the middle of it at this season. Like, mm-hmm. by the current season, 
she's got like a full minute of just like read this and she mm-hmm. does and this is an example of that and i just love it so much so bad news first ms taken was a miserable failure princess carolyn but courtney more importantly audiences are going to adore your tour de force performance as the forceful denim clad court reporter in the court reporter sported jorts the jet setting jort sporting court reporter story yes the film is spectacularly romantic and well titled yeah because they miss the Darius fucking rules Yes, she does. You know, the only other person I know of who can do this is you. <sighs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> Every now and then when we were doing sketches, and usually when you were playing Aaron Fawcett, uh-huh. there'd be some really long, complicated rant, and you'd just, you, you'd do a cold read. You wouldn't even rehearse it first. You'd just nail it the first time. And then if I'd need a retake, you'd kind of fuck it up. But off the top of your head? Yeah. Almost every single time. Yeah, it's I like an where, instinct. I, I don't know where that comes from. I know. But it's amazing. I, I, you, I've, you've also done it as Nick from time to time where you have to sure. do it in an accent and you do it. Like, how? <laughs> how? I, I, I do not know. Yeah. But I love that they throw those at her. And it's just another kind of um, humor that the show does. Mm-hmm. Just the elaborate wordplay and all of the scenes with her and with um, uh, Rabbit, the rabbit uh, uh Rutabaga Rabinowitz. Yeah, that's him. Who you were like, is that Ben Schwartz? Did you just this second realize that? Yep. Really? Yep. It's been him the whole time. I know. I do not have an ear for voices. <laughs> oh, all right. I mean, but Jean Ralphio only has one voice. I Well, the thing, I actually, like, he hit, like, a pitch in this that I yeah. recognize. He plays Dewey on the in the new DuckTales. Yeah. And I recognized it like, oh, fuck. Yeah. That's that guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, he only has the one voice. He's very good at it. Yeah. But it's just the one voice. He also um, plays uh, Leonardo and Sonic, all the blue characters. Mm-hmm. But he's got a he's got a lot of back and forth with her. That's you know very like rapid fire, yeah. Just like uh, incredible wordplay, mm-hmm. and it's so good. So and then we got Todd, yeah, who is how he's like the the loser fuck up character from most sitcoms, but they've managed to turn that into something. Todd always makes me is like Todd is Todd is what would happen if Jesse was happy. Ah, uh, he's definitely not Jesse to me. <laughs> like I think of those as very different. Yeah, of course they sound the same because you know Aaron Paul only has the one the th- voice. The thing is, they don't to me. Oh, okay. Like I've been I've been doing a rewatch of Breaking Bad, and like the, the characters do not like they do not sound the same to me. Huh. All right. Just because again, Todd is happy. Yeah, no, I get that. It's just, he's the, like, he's always having the wacky adventures, mm-hmm. and they hang a lantern on that real early. Oh, yeah. Like, the fact that he always goes, it's like, like, on side adventures. He's, yeah. like, wacky roommate. Yeah. And then, then, and just, like, they just play with that weird, those those weird tropes. But they do it in a way where he becomes a more complex character. Mm-hmm. Like I say, he's asexual, and there's there's more than that. He's he's tried to turn all his get rich quick schemes into actual businesses, yeah, and explored relationships with people. You know, it's 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 really interesting to me. And mm. it it was a it took me a minute when El Camino dropped to like, oh right, this is the same guy. Yeah, I have to do the same mental gear shift that I did when this show started. Yep, this guy is incredibly different. Um, and we have Diane, who's barely in this episode. Yeah, there's no Diane. That was almost my bad thing, just because I like Diane so much. Yeah, but in a, in any ensemble show, you just you're gonna get you know, sure. Like this isn't her week. You're just gonna get that sometimes. Yeah. Um, 
I like Diane. She is a terrible friend, which they which they call attention sure. to. Sure. Well, She's... look, nobody's a good person in this show. Is the thing like everybody's just people? You oh. know, everybody fucks up. Nobody's a good person. I think you could just end it there. Uh huh. I <laughs> the show like, just reflects reality. Like I, one of the things I love about the later stuff is you have Mr. Peanut Butter, who's like a nice guy, and you just like no, he's also a very he's a very cheerful person who also does shitty things. Well, that's and that's I was kind of building to to him. I love his relationship with Bojack so much. Mm. It's honestly not to get too into the psychology of me. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of me and you a bit. Oh, fun. <laughs> Cuz you got the guy who's who overthinks things and is and is always just like inside his own head and then you got the guy who who it's effortless and he can just be funny without even thinking about it that's you by the way thanks <laughs> well i'm saying you're the mr peanut butter in this relationship i mean i'll take it that's a compliment <laughs> of the two of them <laughs> no it's it's you know it's ernie and bert it's uh-huh. like it's every like combination of guy who's more uptight and guy who's more you know like uh, easygoing, and I understand there's a lot more going on under the surface, but <laughs> yes, superficially, you, you, you would think that. But superficially, that's how you present. Mm. That's how I present. Where you know, like I don't hide my uptightness. You come off a bit more easygoing. You're the Mr. Peanut Butter Man. All right, hard, hard to live with, huh? <laughs> I'm processing. I'm not, I'm not calling you dumb. That's no, not I know. What I mean, okay. But no, I like I say it. It it's like a lot of different comedy duos. They even call attention to this in like a season one episode where they're talking about the Zoe's and the Zeldas. Sure, because it's like a lot of sitcom characters are like that. You have the the fun one and the thoughtful one, mm. you know, the, whatever you know, whatever you want to call it. And I love like you get a lot of that in this one. You get a lot of these two. Mr. Peanut Butter's like, well, let's go solve your problem. <laughs> Bojack's like, we can't just fucking solve my problem. It's worthless. It's hopeless. No, it isn't. Come on, let's go. And you know. I love all that. Go on, friend. Yeah, exactly. We're we're not friends. <laughs> um, Anytime so Mr. That... Peanut Butter does dog things is wonderful, by the way. Oh, my God. Because you forget. Mm-hmm. I think it's season two. It's the, it's the beginning of season two where he's wearing a cone. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, yeah, I've had this on most of the summer because I saw another dog in the mirror and I, I attacked him. I just hated that other dog so much. <laughs> like oh right he's a dog mm-hmm. that's not just paul f tompkins drawn weird that's a that's a dog although paul f tompkins does have the uh the suit from uh from oh. hollywood stars and celebrities what do they know do they know things no let's things. find let's out find out yes i just wanted to prove that i i could say that no, i'm very proud of you <laughs> um oh lord okay so my bad thing mm-hmm. um as I mentioned in my summary, they they end up uh, going to Felicity Huffman's house. She lives like sort of below Bojack, and every time he throws things off his deck, they end up down there. And seeing her just reminded me of entitled white ladies doing shady things to get their kids into college, mm-hmm. which extra sucks because when she first showed up, I actually really enjoyed her in Desperate Housewives, and I she was one of those celebrities who was like, oh, she's playing herself. Oh, she has a sense of humor. That's nice. Mm-hmm. But now I hate her. So. Yeah. Was she one of those ones that got... Uh... Yes. Like super recently with what's her face from Full House? Yep. Yeah, she Fun. was the other one. It was, okay. it was it was the two of them. 
which is too bad because, like I said, I liked her as an actor and and I liked that she had a sense of humor and mm-hmm. could come on. You know, like it's like any celebrity that went on The Simpsons and you're like, oh, good. They can they can make jokes about, you know, all their dumb bullshit. Well, uh-huh. OK, but there's oh, more go- going on there. So Mal and I've been watching Simpsons on Disney Plus and yesterday the episode with James Woods came on. It's just, oh, Lord, this guy sucks. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of does. Shut up, James Woods. Uh, what was your bad thing? Uh, this one I had, I went through a couple and the big one for me was just like, Hey, dementia again, Mm -hmm. did another episode about dementia and between that and the death and the, all the depression stuff. Oh fuck. I'm spiraling now. Yeah. But that, I mean, I appreciate that that's bad for you, Mm -hmm. but it's not a bad thing. It's not like the show, like it's because it got it so right. Yep. Is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Just like they got the depression stuff right. I don't know. I also don't care for Rutabaga. He annoys me. Really? Yeah. I mean, fair, but... He might be the... supposed to. Yeah, he's the point. That's the point of He's like of a him. foil for Princess Carolyn, but God, he bugs me. Well, him, because in the previous season, they almost hooked up. Yeah. Or maybe they did hook up briefly, and then they, they were didn't. They were having an affair, and then he stopped to, like, go back to his wife. Right. But, um, and then he ended up partnering with her actual nemesis. Yeah. Uh, Vanessa Gecko. Which Who great is a payoff. human. Yeah, great payoff is just a human. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a whole episode where they're the good guys, and you see Princess Carolyn as sort of the villain. Mm-hmm. And you realize, oh, these guys aren't bad. It's just the way the show, because it's from her POV, they, yeah. they come off as bad. But when you see him as a nice family guy, and they're like... Um, she's like, uh, go 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 home to your children. I'll, fi- I'll figure this out. And like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like... They are good people. It's just because we're watching it from Princess Carolyn's point of view, you know. Yeah, but also I like her better, so. Well, of course. She's amazing. Mm -hmm. But also terrible. Yeah. Everyone's terrible. Everyone's everyone's a real person. Except Judah. Judah is a perfect snowflake uh, uh, cinnamon roll. uh, What what do we call perfect people? I don't know. No, you nailed it. Perfect cinnamon roll. Yeah. Judah is perfect. Uh Uh-huh. He's sort of a, what do you call it? A sociopath. Is it sociopath? I was, I was when I was watching it. I was again. I was trying to figure out his deal, and I'm not quite sure what it is. Still, mm, I think he's on the spectrum. Is what it well, is. Well, c- clearly, but like, yeah, I I might be making kind of a cruel joke there, and I apologize. He he doesn't have any sort of like emotional awareness whatsoever. Mm-hmm. He's very literal, very deadpan. It's um, uh, Diedrich Bader plays yes. him and does an amazing job with this. He's very sort of deadpan, this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And well, Diedrich Bader's an amazing voice actor, so. Yes, he is. Uh, I also feel like, um, uh, what's his name, could have done a good job with it as well. Mark Evan Jackson. Mm, yes. It's that same It's that same range of, like, you know, deadpan sort of down here kind of thing. Yeah. But um, there's an episode, it's not this one, but there's an episode where you think he's just unemotional. He's almost mm-hmm. like a fucking Vulcan. He's just, like, very professional doesn't understand jokes and then uh he's he's prepared he's he's princess carolyn's assistant he's mm-hmm. prepared all these like holiday cards for her to sign with and he's he's taken the liberty of writing like personal messages from her inside each one of them yeah and he sets them down at her desk and leaves and she opens the first one and it's addressed to him to judah and it says i am very proud of you princess carolyn oh and it's like the sweetest damn thing yeah I was very sad to see him go, and I was very happy to see him come back. Yes, me too. That was, there was a reveal where it's like, someone's going to solve all this, and there's like a dramatic thunder strike. Mm. I'm like, it better be Judah. It better yep. be, and it was. Like, yep. Hooray! 
best character ever. Uh, what else? What else? That's about um, all I've got. We touched on the uh, the 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 um, the fantasy sequences, mm-hmm. like the the squiggle vision. Yeah, like... it's it's drawn like an angry crayon, basically. Yeah, and everyone's I mean... sort of like like just a little too exaggerated. Yep, and it they're sort of like really cardboard well. cutout, like two dimensional cardboard cutouts in a yeah. It's all just very be- good. Just between between this really quick animation that's like really like like exaggerated and like Bojack just sort of like piece of shit, stupid piece of shit. Like they're just they're really well, the whole thing's really well done. Yeah, it ties together well with the way it's written and the way it's performed. Mm-hmm. Like it comes it comes together really nicely. There's if, there's a really if, good manic energy to it that I like. Yeah, and if any of those elements had had sort of failed, it wouldn't have worked so well. But mm-hmm. everything works together so well. Uh, what else? Uh, let's see. I wish we'd done more with Mr. Peanut Butter as governor, but that was more of an entire series thing. Oh, no. That was, to me, the that whole story was about running. It wasn't about do Like, at this point, uh, the political situation here was already what uh-huh. it was. I don't think there was much to say about having a stupid person in charge of something. I think that was, you know, reality had that covered. See, that was also one of the things I wanted to see when Arrested Development came back was like, well, clearly we're mm. going to come back and uh, Job is going to be president. Yeah. No, they didn't do anything with that either. Uh, That's about all I got. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, good. We didn't just quote the show the whole time. Yeah. So that's good. In fact, at no point did either of us say what, <laughs> which is weird because we both say that a lot. Yep. You want to talk about stuff that's infected our vocabularies? Yeah. Oh, tons of the show. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Any anytime Tidro comes to visit when she leaves, she uh, she uses her catchphrase: "Suck a dick, dumb shits." <laughs> it's a very good catchphrase. Uh huh. All right. That's, that's the all for cutest this time. thing in the world coming out of out of Tidro. I'm sorry. It sure is. Well, that's the point. Is because it's coming out of Kristen Shaw. Same, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> same idea. Yep. All right. That's all for this time. Um. We're doing two more of these shows we both love. Yeah. Episodes. Uh, next time we will be covering the Venture Brothers. Yep. Which is a show we both love. It's a show that's inexplicably still on. Mm-hmm. Like that's sh- this show has been around the entire time I've known you. Yep. Can't really say that about any other show that's still good. It's just odd. Yep. Like yeah, we were we we one of the things we bonded over early on in our friendship was we, we sure like did. Venture Brothers, and it's still on. Uh huh. Still going. We we talked about Venture Brothers in an early episode of Sarcastic Voyage, I think. Yeah, probably. So and we were definitely quoting it from like day one. At least so ten years, at um, least. Yeah, closer to fifteen. It was. It started in two thousand four. Oh my god, we've been at this so long. I mean, we've been doing this for just over ten years, but I'm sure. saying like Venture Brothers has been around for mm-hmm. you know fifteen. Uh, so the episode that I have chosen is Everybody Comes to Hanks. Uh, which one is yours? Uh oh, fuck. I had it written down, and I can't remember the title. You went with the season two premiere, yes? Yeah. Isn't that the one? It's the one with uh, uh, Henry Killinger working for... Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. We discussed a number of them. Yeah. Uh, the Doctor is Sin. That's it. Yeah. I God, I'm bad with uh, with uh, Venture Brother titles. Yeah. No, that's, that's the one, and it's a very good one. So that's what we'll be discussing next time. Mm-hmm. I uh, look forward to that. Uh, we will be doing a supplemental soon. If you want to write to us about yes. any of the shows we've covered, bearing in mind, we probably won't remember a lot. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but but feel free or about Star Trek things, which is ostensibly what the show's supposed to be. Uh, we will be returning to our original stated mission first of next year. Uh, yep. We will be covering uh, all of the various short treks leading into uh, the Picard show. So we're, we're getting back on track. Yeah. Uh, but uh, if you want to write to us for that supplemental, postatomicor at Gmail, website postatomicor.com. Uh, we are on Twitter at Algar at Robot Matt. Uh, as I mentioned, Endeavor is dropping its season finale on December first, uh, which is actually when you'll when you'll be hearing this. So yeah. uh, check that out, please. USSEndeavor.com. We now have te- a, a full ten episode season. We're mm-hmm. very proud of everything we've we've put together. Uh, we we would love for you to check that out. Uh, and that's all for this time. Yeah. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Bojack Horseman podcast is a co-production of Ron Algarwatt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2019. Please don't sue us, we're just doing this until Star Trek comes back.